three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. I am joined, as I always am, by Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder from College Station and Stillwater, Oklahoma, respectively. I apologize if I sound a little bit rough. I think I got sick from watching Texas A&M's pitiful output against Appalachian State on Saturday. Me and Walker had about a 30-minute discussion once we got on the Zoom about what went wrong. We will save y'all all of those details. So, Walker Lot, Ryan Schroeder, how have y'all been doing, Walker? How is the past week? Of, we'll just talk about private school football, so I won't let you get into what we watched on Saturday. Yeah, that and the Cowboys, it's everything else besides high school football is <laughs> not going well for me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great week of football, another great week Uh very good games, a lot of really good ones that were kind of close here and there, and just overall, just another great week. Yeah, for sure. Ryan, how did you think the last week went in private school football? No, it went great. Uh, things flowed really smoothly, I think, from us from a standpoint. We had Wes out at a game. Uh, you know, we had we basically did our first uh, Twitter space on Friday night, which was kind of fun. Um, and overall it was some game Saturday and we kept, we just, it, it was overall a good week. It was a good week. And we, I feel like we're getting into a flow of the season. So yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah, for sure. Make sure y'all tune into those. We are now going to be doing Twitter spaces every Friday after games, barring anything crazy. So those will be mostly they'll start around 10 PM. Most likely once we're all getting done covering games and then it'll just roll until we're done recording them. So it was a really fun time. We got up to like 20 people in the first one. I think we all enjoyed uh, how it flowed and how it went and the engagement from y'all. So make sure y'all tune into those Fridays at 10 PM, but we will roll into our first segment as we always do recapping last week's pick records. And this finally was kind of a return to normalcy of some sense. Ryan went 14 and three Walker went 13 and four. I also went 14 and three. So, I mean, the pick records cumulatively aren't what they should be at 32 and 18, 30 and 20 and 30 and 20, but and, you know, a 14 and three week for me and Ryan, a 13 and four week for Walker. I mean, guys, I would say that that's pretty good. We're starting to round a little bit better into form after two weeks of really, really kind of crazy upsets. Walker, really quickly, your thoughts on your own pick record and us kind of rounding back into shape. Yeah, I mean, I think it's we're we're finally this is why we don't do rankings, just preseason rankings and not in the week week until like week five, you know, because it, we're finally getting to know, like, all right, what are these teams looking like? What are the teams that really are about and what teams were not as good as we anticipated? So, uh, yeah, back back to some normalcy. Definitely so. Walker actually would have gone 14-3 and three if he would have picked a certain game and Tyler correctly. Ryan, you went 14-3 and three as well. You actually lead our pick record at 32-18, and 18, two games ahead of both me and Walker. Your thoughts on you leading the pick record as of now and our, you know, sense of return to normalcy? I'm going back to back. I think it's, I, I like, we have to understand at this point, I'm going back to back. Uh, yeah, honestly, seriously, like we're back to, we're back to normal. I, this is more like what it was last year. Um, I, I had a couple picks where I wish I could go back on just cause I feel like I, 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 I kind of rushed my pick a little bit. So I, I really could have had a 15 and uh, or 16 and one week this week. So yeah, I'm excited. I, I honestly think that I, I feel like I I'm actually learning the teams a little bit better. So well, it should be, should be better for next week as well. 
Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're all just happy to have the pick records flowing a little bit closer to how they should be, even after two weeks of, you know, just absolute insanity. But that'll recap our pick record, our, our pick record, record? last week. Dude, I apologize. My I can't. I told you I was sick from watching a and can't. I can't formulate sentences like I should, but. Into our second segment, as always, the Texas Private School Podcast Players of the Week. And the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week is junior or senior quarterback Stone Walker from Northland Christian. Stone Walker went 23 of 35 with 385 yards, four touchdowns, and 15 rushes for 84 yards, and two touchdowns for six total touchdowns in his last game. I mean, Walker, I know we talked about how good we thought he looked in seven on seven and how we were interested to see how Stone Walker progressed as the season went on. What are your thoughts on him garnering a performance significant enough to earn a player of the week recognition from us? Yeah, I mean, uh, he has all the tools, has all the intangibles, has a great arm, and he just displayed it this past week. And Northland starts 3-0 and in the season with him at the helm. And I mean, they look really, really good. And uh, I'm just very, very impressed with him, man. He has, he is that cool, calm, and collected mindset about him, which I just kind of like in quarterbacks. And just he's also versatile, scoring three. What is it? Four or was it four on the four in the air, three in the or two in the ground? So mm-hmm. I mean, having that versatile dual threat action, but still being a really great passer at the end of the day is what you want in a quarterback. Oh, without a doubt. Maybe he could suit up for AM this Saturday. But Ryan, your thoughts on Stone Walker getting our quarterback of the or the the Texas Practical Podcast Offensive Player of the Week recognition. Yeah, very very impressive. Uh, a good win over St. Joseph. And you know, now this team's three and L under uh under his realm. So uh, you know, I think I think Stone Walker's doing really good for this team. He got wins against Legacy Prep, uh Frasati Cat if I've said that right, and now St. Joseph. So very impressive, very, very impressive. And yeah, six touchdowns combined with over 450 yards of total offense is very, very impressive. So really good week for the North Northland Christian quarterback. Definitely so. So yet again, congratulations to Stone Walker for winning our Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week. I think I've already hit my weekly or my episode quota for verbal miscue. So I'm going to try to go the rest of the episode without, you know, messing up or sounding too congested. So that's going to start now. So we're now looking at our Texas private school podcast, defensive player of the week, senior linebacker from St. Thomas, Jack Ward. And one of the better defensive stat lines we've seen this season, Ward recorded 16 tackles, two tackles for loss, a forced fumble and an interception and a win against Nolan Catholic. So, We obviously know we've talked about this very elite linebacking core for St. Thomas, as well as their to complement their tremendous offense. Walker, what are your thoughts on Jack Ward? Just, I mean, proving that against Nolan Catholic this week. Yeah, I mean, Jack Ward is the real deal, and that linebacking core is the real deal, and he's one of the seniors that leads that. Um, And I just remember, you know, not bringing always back to 7-on-7, but just watching him in 7-on-7, watching their linebackers just go to work is very, very impressive. Um. And he had an amazing performance this week. Um, just, you know, was everywhere, needed to make the plays, and he did. Uh, and you can't ask more of a linebacker. And a big, big win in the Catholic Bowl over Nolan Catholic. I know there is a big um, there's a big question coming into the season that we knew St. Thomas's offense was going to be elite. 
but it was a question if their defense could keep up. And up to now, they've proven that they can. Ryan, your thoughts on Jack Ward and the St. Thomas defense really just being up to the challenge this year? Yeah, uh, it's, just, it's just the same way for uh, Jack Ward and the St. Thomas defense. Another three and O team that has gone off to a hot, a hot start, uh, and, and and they deserve it, man. I mean, they they have gone out and beaten some pretty good teams, St. John's, Lumberton, and now Nolan Catholic and the Catholic Bowl this Saturday at the Star. Uh, so honestly, I, I'm really I'm really really impressed, and honestly, they uh, for what it says, it helped they helped hold the Nolan offense to only 14 points on 13 seasons, and then I think he was taken out. If I can read this correctly, he was taken out like through the third quarter or whatever. So. Uh, absolute crazy stat line for Mr. Ward and uh, St. Thomas. We'll see if they can keep it up. They got a hard schedule coming up after this week, and I'm interested to see if they can keep on uh, uh, closing out some wins. And if I also want to say, if college coaches are looking at this kid, watch the tape. He's a real deal, and he stands at 6'3", 230. I mean, there's not much more you want in a linebacker than like what he does on the football field. That's the recruiting analyst in you, just looking at looking at height, weights, and intangibles. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I mean, you watch the film. I mean, it's it was very, very impressive. He reads his right. He reads the holes right, you know, reads the gaps and just strikes and attacks. And that's what you want in your linebacker. Definitely so. But yet again, congratulations to Jack Ward for winning our Texas private school podcast defensive player of the week. And also, I just got to say, I think the Catholic Bowl is one of the greatest just names in, in all of sports. I just for some reason, it's just so simple, but to the point. And I just I love it so much. It's hard for me to to even even get across in words. But oh, also, we need to we say we needed to mention he didn't win either of our players of the weeks, but he was very, very close. Junior Kevin daughter from Lake Country Christian. He went eight for 18 with 85 yards and a touchdown passing right Ryan yeah that's passing yeah yep. that's passing well I guess that's the only stat that you have eight for 18 and but 49 yards rushing with a touchdown a kickoff return for a touchdown a blocked extra point return 109 yards for a two-point conversion as well as six tackles two picks and a forced fumble Ryan I mean you you found Dodd's stat line I mean what are your thoughts on just this absolute alphabet soup of a stat line so I obviously I I've known I've known Kevin and his brother and his older brother JD when he used to play at Lake Country. I've been following Kevin, especially his basketball career as well. Like, let it be done. This Dodder family has been probably the team that, or like the family that has been taking over Lake Country Christian. Uh, you know, these past few years and stuff like that. I mean, three brothers all playing for the same school, and now more than ever they're taking over. Uh. Dougie, I think is his other brother's name. That's still playing the same age as him. Uh, they're absolutely nuts. And I, you could have told me that this stat line was split into three different people. And I probably wouldn't have believed you. Like this is a stat line that if all done by one person, I kind of thought to myself like, uh, all right, well, you're kind of lying to me, but yeah, this came straight. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, this came straight from like, uh, yeah, the, the, what's called the assistant athletic director from Lake country. So I was like, all right. Like, you know, that's, that's right, I guess. So crazy stat line. I mean, are we kidding? He scored on like the, he scored on the spe two times on the special team side, two times on offense, like just very, very, uh, just overall play by Kevin daughter. Walker, your quick thoughts on Kevin daughter's performance. I mean, I, you know, he was the guy that was going to be like when Hayden White's left Lake Country and they were like, right, who do you, right, who can you, right. who can you rely on? 
I mean, the Dodd family was one of those guys, like him and Dougie are going to be guys that you're going to have to look forward to this next year. And Kevin, you know, is now, you know, doing the quarterback position, took over for Hollingsworth over there. And he's been nonstop, just, just impressive. And I mean, they took it like a, after White's left, I believe they took a down year a little bit, but I mean, they look sharp going into this year, I believe. Dude, Lake Country is 3-0 this year, man, uh, with That's wins great. wins over Thrall, John Paul, and McKinney Christian to start the year. So three good wins for them, and they look like they're going to have a great challenge. Uh, they have, a, I think, the bye week this week, but then they have Northland Christian with Stonewalker uh, next next week, Friday. So yeah. um, start yeah. great start of the week in the Dotards. That's yeah, going to be interesting. Is Stone Walker versus Kevin Dodd if he's playing the defensive side of that? I'm interested to see how that goes down in a couple weeks for sure, especially since both those guys we uh, already mentioned in the podcast today. No, I am too. I think that'll be a fantastic matchup to see how both of those very fantastic athletes do against each other. But now we're going to transition into talking about our last week's matchups, looking at our Texas private school media football scoreboard that Ryan does an excellent job with every week. And guys, I'm actually going to turn this over to you and let y'all talk about it for a few minutes. I'm actually going to, well, you'll, you'll see what I've done when I've come back. Just give me, give me a few seconds. Y'all, y'all go ahead. All right, let's go through the games then, Ryan. Uh, I, I have. Oh, okay. This can't. Oh, be good. he's gone black. All yeah, right. This can't. This can't be good. No. Uh, uh let's go. Let's, I'm just going to go down the line. TWCA over SP uh, St. Pius. I mean, I picked St. We the episode we done and did with uh kind of who we bet on to do good this year. I had St. Pius. That's just not good this year. TWCA looks really, really good. Um. Argyle Liberty beating TCS Lubbock was kind of maybe yeah. expected, but yeah. TCS Lubbock scoring 25 and keeping it in a 10 point game is very, very impressive. Yeah, I, I agree. And I very much agree. I think with Argyle Liberty, I, yeah, we did think they were going to win that game, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm satisfied with that for TCS Lubbock. That's a good game. That's a very, very good game against the Liberty team that has proven themselves so far. Maybe like we always say, like Dallas Christian is the team to beat right in D3, but with Grace Prep kind of doing good and TCS Lubbock looking better, I mean, it's not like it's going to be a home run easy for them for DC with all, all right. these teams looking strong. All I mean, right. ESD over Grapevine Faith. I mean, ESD just looks really good this year. And yeah, I mean, Grapevine Faith is a great team and they held them to seven points with really good backfield. So that's very, very impressive win for ESD. Oh, look who's joined us now. West Hollison with his Grace Community shirt. I'm very proud of you. Go Cougs. Thank you. Um, I can admit when I'm wrong. Okay, gosh, you the you're best part. It. Yeah, you're about the to humility. Own it. That's the, crazy. I have made a terrible lapse of judgment, and I apologize. <laughs> uh, go Cougs, guard. You disappointed and a, me. And that's a D drive by Cassianos. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, follow, follow no context T- TXPS. I've, I've heard yes, those guys yes. do a good job over there. They really do. Um, going to the next game, St. John's over Fort Bank Christian. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember we talked about this on the space. Um, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about more. We'll talk more about some, you know, micro level stuff that might need to be adjusted, but there's just not a, not a lot from that makes sense. Like, do do we know like how it happened? Like, do we know anything like that yet? I, I, this, this is what I'll say. It's just St. John's is, is actually like 
the four games that they opened up with this year, they play St. Thomas, Houston Christian, Fort Bend, then Second Baptist, and now Lutheran South after that, which is proving to be a good team too because they're three and zero. Like, uh, St. John's is just loaded up their their uh, non district schedule heavy early. Uh, so I'm and they're two and one. They're two and one, and a sixteen point loss of those sixteen points. Is not that bad to St. Thomas, who's who's like that big of a powerhouse. So go win over Fort Bend. And yeah, if they can put up a fight against Second Baptist this week, St. I mean, John's is doing well. St. John's legit. I mean, and Cole Allen, you know, got his this already through three weeks. Three weeks, 10 touchdowns, 600 total yards through three weeks. Cole oh Allen God. is ball lean this year. He's a solid coaches. Look out for this kid, 2025 from Houston St. John's. And also, uh, Stephen Gill, the quarterback, has done really well. And got to give credit to that defense. And we'll we'll leave it there. Got to give credit to that defense for holding Fort Bend to only 28 points in that high prolific offense. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to tip your cap to that St. John's team. And they look a lot better than expected this year. Um, and just shout out to them, man. Yeah, the last thing, we'll talk about most of these other games, but the last thing, I mean, Ryan, Cistercian 47, Fritzko Legacy 0. I mean, there's there's got to be some sort of explanation for that. Uh, is, is Cistercian not 3-0 as well, to be fair? They are. Cistercian's 3-0 as well, and I actually picked Cistercian, not, not this past week, but uh, the last game before this, and I was right. I mean, I'm, I'm very... I'm high on Cistercian. Uh, now that legacy loss looks atrocious, uh, but like in, in all reality, it's like you know, look at the score right below it. It's Regents beating Geneva Bernie forty-seven nothing, and Geneva Bernie. It's like the same score, but Geneva Bernie actually has some really good wins this year too. Yeah, they beat like, St. Michael's. They beat St. Michael's. Oh, did, yeah. So in, in all reality, it's like yeah, that's a bad week, but. Geneva's going to bounce back too with probably another win they're going to sneak in. And I don't think a non district loss of assertion ruins your entire game, uh, ruins your entire uh, season. So, you yeah. know, you're not, you're not in district yet. But yeah, I, the one game I wanted to bring up, which I think is very, very important, is, uh, is Lutheran South shuts out Cyprus. Um, Lutheran South is 3 0. And I think it's important to bring up the fact that they, are are on the rise this, this week and I, I'm I'm excited to see uh what they're doing. You know, building up a three and team uh is is impressive and uh I, I we we do we expected a lot from Cyprus again this year and getting shut out, you know, I I don't know. The defending state champions you you would think that you know it'd be a little bit different, but I just want to get what you y'all are thinking about that as well. Yeah. You know, I think Lutheran South legit, and you got to remember it's a D two. It's still a D two school playing a D three school. You're right. I don't think they should have gotten shut out, but I think that speaks more to Lutheran South's potential this year than it does to Cypress Christian and their need to readjust. Yeah, and I also uh, I want to do like quick thoughts on some other ones. Uh, Pleasant Grove beating Midland only by twenty, very impressive win or loss for Midland against a. Pleasant Grove team who went to like the state championship in their division for like four straight years. Right. Like three at least. Uh other games. For SES is back on track with a win over Oak Ridge. They started out slow, but finally win in the second half, usually like they did last year. Uh St. Joseph 
uh, losing to Houston Northland. Great win for Stone Walker over a D2 team in St. Joseph, and Houston Northland's taps D4. That's a big win for them. Yeah. And Weatherford Christian just beat Covenant Christian last year, uh, you know, like a little bit, like I think overtime or something like that, Wes, right? And now mm-hmm. they have a solid two-score win over Covenant. So look, just that's very impressive win for Weatherford Christian against Ian Aletta, the Michigan commit, um, and others. So that's really impressive. And the last game I want to talk about, uh, Presswood over Little Elm, another 6A school yes. losing to uh, Presswood. So Presswood didn't even beat who they lose to first week. Uh, I forget who it was. But Liberty. Liberty. Liberty, right. Yeah. And so I think it shows like, hey, one or two things. Prestonwood is back to being who they kind of are. We thought they were going to be, or a lot of private school teams can p- compete with a lot of good six A schools, like a Little Elm. Right. I mean, Little Elm is not like a top ten team in six A or anything like that, but they're still a six A public school, so it's very, very impressive. So I think that's all the games I really wanted to talk uh, about this I, week. I have one more. Go uh, for it. John Cooper St. Marks. So uh, I just want to talk to John Cooper. John Cooper. Uh, another really great win, fifty to fourteen over St. Mark's. Uh, absolutely great win. SB, uh, SBC battle, um, and that. And Vaughn McKeever had a great night. Uh, that night he went uh, four hundred and ten total yards with five touchdowns combined. Total yep. touchdowns combined. That's a great night. Uh, was definitely a, a uh, uh, what's called somebody that was competing for our player of the week this week. So I just want to give a shout out to Bob McKeever and that and that uh, John Cooper School team. Uh, in our in our Twitter space, join those on Friday nights. We were talking a lot about that game because uh, we had a, a lot of people from John Cooper in there. We had uh, 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 John Cooper uh, School's uh, is that their uh, athletic, athletic director, director John yes, Boy, yeah. athletic director. Uh, we had him on in there. So yeah, join our Twitter spaces. It was a ton of fun, and I think you'll uh, it, it, we bring people on to speak as well. So a little shout out to that. Yeah, for sure. But following that, we will now transition into talking about our last week's matchups that we covered in depth. There are five of those, starting with the best one, in my opinion, Brook Hill versus Grace Community. After initially going up 13 to nothing, Brook Hill and Grace went back and forth until Grace eventually did what Grace always does against Brook Hill, barring an act of God such as the monsoon, and won the game 31 to 20. Quarterback JT Williams threw two touchdowns for the Cougars and Reed Alexander, who I think is one of the most underrated athletes in the state, threw one and also caught one. Grant Turner and Will Bozeman also caught touchdowns. Jonah McCowan, Noah Langemeyer, and Xavier Kendrick also had impressive performances for the guard. So, you know, I'm not going to spend too long talking about it. I mean, Grace beats Brook Hill. That's that's to be expected. Walker, I mean, you, you can say your piece on the issue. I was close. I'll give myself. I was. It was a close game. Close game. Was but, this horseshoes or hand grenades? No, it is not, and that's why we love football. Uh, but yeah, you got to give credit to that team. You know, Grace looked really good. Got it. Final the reckoning. You know, of finally West not being able to get it done his senior year. So that was a big thing for that this team. Um, went three and one. I can live with that. Yeah, I bet that. Yeah, for sure. Um. All the, but I want to say, hey, Jonah McCown, did you know what family he's from? You remember I the, do. the 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 McCowans, the uh the NFL McCowans. Yeah. So that's you know, that's a really good, you know, NFL blood in that uh that team. He's coaching with, there, Brook Hill. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I didn't know about that before I looked into them this past week. So uh shout out the Jonah McCown for trying a good game. But hey, Reed Alexander, I will agree with you, Wes. I think he's dog. a dog, man. Um that team looks really, really impressive with uh 
a lot of those guys. Uh, Nick Stewart, right, is another one of those guys. Yeah, Jamarion Johnson. Yeah, they look really good, and you know, I will maybe agree with y'all that taps D T two taps D two D two could be one to watch. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's I think there's a lot of teams in there that are underrated. And as much as I kid about Brook Hill, you know, there's obviously no real hate there. I really like you forget I went to Brook Hill for like six years. I really like Coach Ryle and the program they're developing there. And I think they're gonna they're gonna be very competitive in division three. So Ryan, your quick thoughts on on Brook Hill versus Grace this past Friday. I mean, I, I don't have much to say. Y'all y'all got it wrapped up. I this was definitely y'all's battle this week, but what do you feel about being three and zero, Wes? I, Grace is three and zero for the first time, and I don't even know how long, right? I'll say what I've I've told my other friends. Um, I'm excited. It's good. Um, coming off of the horrendous embarrassment that the last couple seasons have been. However, I mean, Will's Point and Winona are both dog water. I mean, they're they're trash programs. Um, Brook Hill was a good win. Brook Hill was a hump that we needed to get over because we hadn't beat them in, I think, a couple years. But now we're going to see what we're made of coming up. I mean, once we get into district and we're playing tough teams like Faith, Dunn, and Frisco Legacy, if, if Legacy's up to par, then I think we're going to see what we're made of. But I think Grace is, for the first time in a while, turning the right direction, and I'm happy to see it. But that is all we will talk about regarding Brook Hill and Grace. Now we transition to Fort Worth Nolan versus Houston St. Thomas, which was a 45 to 28 victory for St. Thomas. And as expected, St. Thomas gets the W here behind 200 yards rushing from star running back Johan Cardenas and five, five touchdowns from Cardenas. Just crazy stats. Five. Dante Lewis also throws for 250 yards and two, two touchdowns. Matsuda, Antonio Hall, and D.K. Smittick had valiant efforts for the Vikings, but man, it is almost impossible to stop the St. Thomas offense that Rich McGuire has made into arguably the best machine in all of taps. So, Walker, St. Thomas gets the win over Nolan. I mean, Nolan's been trending in the right direction recently, but I think St. Thomas is just flat out the better team. We all expected that. Your thoughts on the Eagles getting the victory here? Yeah, I mean, I think Houston St. Thomas, like we've said since – forever that they look like the for sure team in the South this year. And um, they look really good and they displayed it again today. And it finally took a while West, right? Like Dante Lewis was being the guy for them for the past couple of weeks, just throwing the ball. But yeah, Johan Cardenas kind of said, Hey, let me go to work. And he finally got that game. And, and this was the one. So very, very impressive win, uh, especially for him. But um uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like Nolan played terrible, you know, Cole threw up 20, 222 yards, DK Smittick put up 128 yards rushing and Antonio Hall had 109 yards receiving. So they had dudes that were popping off, but they just couldn't get over the hump. And, you know, guys like, uh, Zach, Zach, uh, what was the guy? What was the guy who just won uh, yeah, guys like Jack Ward were very, very impressive for uh, St. Thomas this week on the defensive side. One aspect that is interesting about the Nolan defense, they let Dante Lewis throw three picks. He got he had three picks this game. So I'm not saying picks are everything, but having three picks for that St. Thomas offense is kind of impressive for that Nolan defense. Um, and should that should help them going down the line in uh, playoff time. Yeah, I definitely agree. I just think it's so hard to stop an offense that has Lewis, Cardenas, Schaefer, and Edgecombe all playing on it. It's just crazy. There's and, just so many different directions you can go. 
And Larry Ben had finally, finally kind of came out this week and had 65 re- receiving yards. Think about that. Multiple, like, what is it? Um, one, one, two, three, four, five, six guys had more than two catches on that team. So they had weapons everywhere. Um, and two guys over 60 yards receiving with Johan Cardenas being one of them. Johan Cardenas is a dog, bro. I mean, he should get some big, I think, power five looks, to be honest, um, for how good he is, man. 68 re- yards receiving and 190 yards rushing. I mean, very impressive. And I'm expecting that's not to be, I'm expecting that to even grow. His, I'm probably a 2,000 yard rushing season this year around there. I think he could definitely do that. I mean, Ryan, your thoughts on St. Thomas beating Nolan? Yeah, so uh, from what I understand, from what the co- what the comment we had with uh, uh, Jack Ward is, this St. Thomas defense, I think, uh, got subbed out for like the starters got subbed out at the end of the th- uh, third quarter, so they were up forty two to fourteen before then, which just proves that St. Thomas is like like putting on like an absolute defensive like just stoppage with uh with how they're playing only letting up 14 points on the starters did uh very very impressive honestly we we, we saw the five touchdowns by johan uh i i think it's very clear to see that the saint thomas team is going to be a threatening one to try to stop uh would you even say west that they could be a rolling ball chain a rolling ball of chainsaws the rolling ball of chainsaws is is verbiage that I only use when it's absolutely necessary. I need more data on St. Thomas to call them a rolling ball of chainsaws. However, we're going to shelf that for now. It could come out. It All could right. come out. All right. All right. That, that's a that's a little preview for anybody. And that's a preview for St. Thomas. You, you have a chance to be the rolling ball of chainsaws. Potential is there. The potential is there. I need to see how they perform in district, but it definitely is there. Ryan, I enjoyed your B-reel. I just took mine as well. <laughs> but yeah. moving into <laughs> moving into our third game, we have uh, Munster Sacred Heart and Shiner St. Paul played in a game that I think all three of us got. Did, no, someone picked Sacred Heart, didn't they? Me, of me course, and Ryan did. Oh, both of y'all picked Sacred Heart? Yeah, we did. Oh, shoot. Well, never mind. In a game that only the idiot Wes Tolson got wrong, Sacred Heart beats uh, St. Paul 30 to 20. I couldn't find a write up on this game for the life of me. So, yeah, I mean, this is I mean, this is kind of a big deal because it's Sacred Heart beating the four time defending champion St. Paul. And, and there might be there might be a sort of culture shift going on here in Taps D4. So, I mean, Walker, what are your thoughts on Sacred Heart getting it done against, you know, the perennial champions, Shiner St. Paul? Yeah, I mean, you, I guess it is a little bit of a culture shift, right? Like, a shift. Um, it just, it's impressive that Munster kind of came in this ready to go. And Ryan Sarinsky, a guy that we've been high on this since last year, um, kind of came to play this, this time around. Um, uh, 20 uh for their first big score he keeps it stiff arms guy and goes 26 yards for the score uh what else i'm just kind of uh that was a four play 79 yard drive by sacred heart every play was a ryan sarinsky run to score i mean and then another one ryan sarinsky goes 34 yards for the score to make it 20 30 um I mean, he kind of put the team on his back a little bit, scored all three times. Um, and that's what you kind of expect when the and that big of a competitor and that good of a player. Um, Waxmith, the quarterback, actually had a really good game too. Uh had, you know, scored, I think, twice with his uh I think like 48 yard touchdown to Charlie Pilot. 
And then uh, also a 60-yard bomb to make it close, I believe, to make it a 24-20 game for over with Sacred Heart winning. And I'm just rambling. I know I apologize. But <laughs> I'm kind of just telling you all about the game a little bit. Um, yeah, Waxmith with a 60-yard touchdown for the score. And then Ryan Zrinski goes 34 yards to kind of get the game and thing to make it 30-20. So, yeah, I mean, very back-and-forth game. But I think Shiner, I mean, Munster Hart, Monster Sacred Heart kind of had the game and they they looked like the better team maybe for the first time in a while. So yeah, like you said, Wes, maybe a little bit of a culture shift. Yeah, we'll see. Anyways, Ryan, your thoughts on Sacred Heart kind of, you know, upending the the defending state champions in Shiner St. Paul. Yeah, uh, my guy, Tanner Spearman, a guy that I used to be at Oklahoma State sports media major like myself, he wrote a good article about this game. Um <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but he was basically just talking about how the end of the game, uh, right before that Sprzinski touchdown, the 34-yarder, they had a trick play uh, from Sprzinski where he threw a backwards pass and then they threw it down the right sideline to Zach Hennigan. And I just I, – I, I think what you have to believe is like – you're up 25-24-20. You want to play it safe. You just want to rush the ball, take the time off the clock. And and obviously, Sheldon was talking about how you know they've been running that play for a while. So I, I it's, a, it's a very gutsy call when you want to run the clock out and you're up by four points and you know that a field goal doesn't get them to tie y'all. But I like, I like the gutsy call. I like wanting to play to put you up two scores. And overall, it was a good win uh, for Sacred Heart. I, I, me and Walker there, I, for me, at least in the last podcast, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, I really want to pick Shiner, but for some reason I I've just, I've known how good Frozinski has been. And this just proves it to me again, that he is doing, he's doing elite stuff for this sacred heart team. Uh, and you can't, you can't tell me that he's not been elite for them. And honestly, that's the reason why I picked them, this them for this game was because of him. And I, I'm glad to say that I think I was right. Yeah, I mean, you were. I mean, it'll be – I'm sure these two teams will see each other again at some point. I'll be very, very intrigued to see how that second matchup goes. But moving on into second Baptist at Bel Air Episcopal, I actually was on hand covering this game this last Friday. Thank you so much again to Jason Grove and Bel Air Episcopal for the incredible hospitality I was shown. But as for the game – we had heard a lot of noise about junior quarterback Carson Gordon transferring and this Bel Air team. And we also caught a lot of flack for ranking them number two in the state in our preseason rankings. But man, did they prove why on Friday between Gordon Lane Leinbarger and Andre Thompson, this EHS offense is a force to be reckoned with. They took the victory 35 to 14 behind a four touchdown effort from Gordon Freshman linebacker Madden Morgan and sophomore Garen Sampson also had impressive efforts on the defensive side of the ball, holding a talented second Baptist team to two scores. As for second Baptist, Turner Murdoch, Ben Levine, and Kyle Cole Morgan all looked very, very good. Cole Morgan looks even more impressive than last year and is taking on an increased load on the offense side of the ball. He's also looking like one of the better lead blockers I've seen at the high school level. He laid out a couple of really mean blocks, but he he's taking on a much more increased role, like I mentioned, in second Baptist's offense. He's not just a linebacker anymore. But Walker, Bel Air proves you know, that their talent translates to more than just talking. They, they play it on the football field. Your thoughts on them getting the win here, 35 to 14 against second Baptist. 
Second Baptist is not a bad team whatsoever, but Bel Air looks the real deal, like you said. And the weapons that they have, I mean, it's just so hard because if you want to lock down one of them, you have two other guys that are just as good. Um, so you have to like it's is it's gonna be so hard to defend that offense for Bel Air. And also, like I said, Bel Air's defense is nothing to is really, really good. And um Madden Morgan, I totally forgot about this guy, Wes, on the top of my head. But yeah, Madden Morgan was a guy who's been an Under Armour underclassman for like middle school Under Armour like watch guy. I remember, and finally into as a fresh as a freshman, right? He's six one, two fifteen. That is a huge, huge number three ranked outside linebacker in twenty twenty six via his Twitter bio. But I mean, I he's definitely one to watch, and I totally forgot about that. Because um, he is the real deal, and he'll be one to watch going forward. But um, with him and everyone else on that defense, with that Jason Ota and guys like that, I mean, uh, they are the real deal, man. Definitely. So, Ryan, your thoughts on Bel Air taking it to Second Baptist on Friday? Uh, this is, I mean, this is kind of what I what I was expecting. I think it's what we're all expecting. In all reality, we we've come to terms with the fact that it literally is parish and is Episcopal. And then it is everybody else. Um, so I, I think that's that's kind of how I see it. And yeah, Second Baptist shouldn't feel bad at all about this loss. Obviously, Episcopal's a great team. They proved to be a really great team. Um, and I think Second Baptist is still going to be very, very successful. Uh, you know, two losses early. You, you had a, a tough loss against Preston Wood where you only lost by four. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see how uh, these guys can do. I'm... I, uh, Carson Gordon, you know, I, I think he's been effective for EHS. Uh, I'm just excited to see what Beller can keep on producing and whether they can keep on producing the team that we thought they were when we put them in number two. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think they can, but I'm going to be following them closely to see how they do in SPC play. Moving into the last game that we have to recap from the last week, that is Grace Prep versus Fort Worth Christian. FWC jumped out to a 21 to seven lead in the first, and they really never looked back after that sophomore quarterback, Hogan Nelson threw for five touchdowns, two to Jordan green and Jacob Trimble each where Addison Curitan led the Cardinals receiving with 117 yards and a touchdown Lions star quarterback, Jalen Talton also got his with over 300 yards passing and a couple touchdowns, but this Fort Worth Christian team was just too much for grace prep this week. I mean, you know, Walker, we talked about that. We had questions about Fort Worth Christian moving into the season. We know the talent is always there. We're just never sure how they're going to gel as a team. I mean, they're looking solid up to this point. What are your thoughts on then getting a win over a good grace prep team? Yeah. I mean, they've had, you know, Dublin was an easy kind of win to start out the year, but Bishop Dunn and Grace Prep, that's two really good one uh, D two team and one D three team that are really, really good. And they just have, they're showing why that offense is just so good. And Hogan Nelson, we've talked about him since last year, just this, the, the 25 quarterback is the real deal and having weapons of Trimble and Jordan is just so easy to go and just dominate with. Um, and I mean, I hate saying it, but, does Grace uh, does Fort Worth Christian look better than SES right now? I mean, you could. I mean, they be, they beat Grace Prep and SES didn't. Um, so you know we thought talked about SES being that number two team in that division or district. I mean, I think that district is up the grabs anymore. But we talked about like how it could be any of those guys. But I mean, not as good as what we expected it to be. You know, like it's it's that district is wide open. 
Definitely so. I mean, there's a lot of questions now following these past couple of weeks. But Ryan, what are your thoughts on fourth Christian getting a win here over Grace Prep? I, I think we can very much see that that Jalen Salton still had a great game. Uh, 364 yards and two touchdowns going uh, 22 for 37. It's still an amazing game for uh, Mr. Talton. Uh, but it is very clear to see that, you know, he's got one receiver that he likes to, you know, put a lot of, put a lot, of, you know, where he kind of is his favorite target. It's uh rain Broadway, the uh, junior. Um, he had 146 yards receiving two touchdowns, a great a night for uh, Mr. Broadway. And I think Grace prep is just a very pass heavy offense this year um, with Talton. And I, I understand why, if you have Talton that quarterback, why wouldn't you throw the ball? Right. Um, but for the Hogan Nelson side of things, they spread it out pretty well. You know, the touchdowns went to tremble and green uh, for two of them a piece and stuff like that, but they were able to get a lot of yards and eight receptions to uh, as Kirtan, the, the what's called the senior. So a lot of, uh, Overall, you know, your quarterback's a sophomore, but you have lots of seniors on that wide receiving core that kind of lead this team. Very, very impressive night. Um, and overall, I just I'm very, very satisfied with what I saw from Fort Worth Christian. Um, a bye this week is is what comes up, but I mean we're getting straight into a uh, straight into a not it's actually not district it's a non district game, but what it would have been a district game last year against Great Fine Faith. I'm interested to see that matchup come back between Fort Christian and Grapevine Faith. Is Grapevine Faith still, you know, a dominant team, even though they got a loss to ESD? I think so. I think ESD is just a really good team. Now, as Fort Christian, you got two wins to get a Bishop Dunn and a Grace Prep. You're you're still undefeated. How how does that correlate with Grapevine Faith? That's actually going to be a really really good game, and I'm excited for the old. Uh, which would have been a district matchup these past few years, uh, coming back for a non-district matchup between these two teams. Yeah, I think it'll be a great game. And to your point, you know, I'm getting more and more excited as we're inching closer and closer to district just to just to see, you know, it's about to actually really matter. Not saying non-district games don't, but, you know, the real season's about to start. I think that gives a sense of excitement that should be palpable moving forward. But that actually concludes all the games that we were recapping from last week. We're going to take a quick segue segment and talk about, you know, something that I think needs to be addressed is the cheese sliding off the cracker for Fort Bend Christian? You know, they started one and two. They have consecutive losses to D.C. and St. John's, both good teams in their own right. But, you know, we had Fort Bend Christian in a league of their own this season. I just want to ask y'all, I'll pose the question, and either one of y'all can take this. Do you think preseason hypes bred a sense of complacency for Fort Bend Christian? What, what, wow, what, is, what a, what a is, question. Yeah. What, what a question. She, what does cheese sliding off the cracker mean? I I, I don't think I've heard that one. <laughs> you know, it's it's when things just kind of like, you know, well, just think about it this way. If you're eating, if you're eating some nice, uh, if you're eating a charcuterie board and you put the cheese on the cracker and you go to like, everything's going to plan, you're going to eat the cheese. And then all of a sudden the cheese falls off the cracker. You know, you had something that was supposed to be going really right. And then it doesn't. So things are yeah. going good. Then the yeah. cheese starts to slide off the cracker a little bit. Yeah, that, that's actually a great analogy um, to this Fort Bend team. I see what you did there. Uh, no, I, 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 it's not. It's I, I don't think it's fully over yet, and and that may be me being a little, uh, you know, like you know, kind of like trying to save their butts a little bit. But in all reality, DC's DC's an amazing team. It has been an amazing team. St. John's has proven to be a good team. Ah, 
I don't I don't think those two losses are are detrimental to you. Yeah, they're not the team that we maybe thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, but in all reality, two losses to those two teams. If you're telling me that you're losing to to, you know, I, I'm not actually not going to say any teams, but uh, uh, if you're Frisco, te- uh, a Frisco legacy, really. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Uh, if you're telling me that you're losing to some like D4 teams or whatever, or some other teams that are the bottom barrel D3 or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to be a little I'm going to be a little like, OK, let's let's fact check this. But this is a D3 DC team that's like the top of D3, one of the best D2 teams in this past era. And this is a St. John's team that's proving that they're going to do well in the SPC this year. I, I'm, I have no problem with that FPCA getting off to a slow start. I, I think they can turn it around. So, Walker, I'm actually going to ask you the question again directly. Do you think the preseason hype that Fort Bend had going into the season, do you think that bred a sense of complacency for Fort Bend? Do you think that made them get a little bit comfortable? I mean, it is obvious. I think it's could be, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, I just think the question is, I guess, like it could be yes, but now it's how do you handle adversity, right? Uh, same with the AM Aggies, for example. I was right? going to say the same thing. Right. You came in with a lot of hype. You lost the big one to Appalachian State. And for this one, Fort Bend loses to St. John's in D.C., who, I mean, technically don't have the Division One offers like you have on your team around the board. Athletes, quarterbacks, linemen, everywhere. You have Division One offered dudes. Okay? You have got – you're a more talented team. I think that's – anyone can say – they have the division one offers guys. They have the quarterback commit going to an Ivy league. They have the more talented roster, but you don't, you have, you haven't won games. It's you're one and two. So how do you handle that adversity? Do you say, Oh, maybe we're not as good, man. Let's just, you know, whatever, man, let's just play the season and get it over with. Or do you be like, no, like we're one of the most talented teams in all of private school. We need to play like it. And let's see how they rebound, man. I mean, who do they play next? Uh, they start to see they they play. Oh, I play Addison Trinity Christian this week. Another talented team. I mean, this is the reason. By the way, this is the reason they played these games because they think they're that talented to play in Taps Division One Two in a six A Cibolo Skill School. Um, yeah. I mean, they they have the guys to compete. They just need to have the mindset of like we are these guys and we need to win and. Take away from the losses and just overcome that, man. You you just gotta. Hey, it's next week. It's a business trip. You gotta go and compete, man. Yeah, I think it boils down to the fact that they've gotten punched in the mouth, and it just depends on how they're going to respond. You know, there's there's two paths. You can shy away from it, tuck your tail between your legs, and just kind of finish the season, or you can come out twice as aggressive as you come out before and win games. I mean, I think it's very simple. And I think, I think Fort Ben has the, has the ability to get that done. It's just going to depend on will they moving forward, Ryan? Yeah. Like let's like, do you, do you see like, it's TCA Addison, Civil of Steel, Houston Lutheran South, Houston Second Baptist, then the Wilderness Christian. You have a chance to redeem yourself, right? You definitely have a chance to redeem yourself. All these teams Simple Steel is, you know, UIL, but all these teams are doing really, really well in private school right now. You have a chance to redeem yourself, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think we'll talk. We'll actually detail that TCA Fort Bend game here in a few minutes. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic storyline moving forward. And it's one we will be following for sure. 
but that provides a nice transition into our games of the week five, as always, with commentary, starting with Cistercian versus Trinity Valley. Cistercian comes into the contest 3-0. and Trinity Valley is 1-2. and The line is Cistercian minus 16 and a half. SBC 3A will kick off district play this week as Cistercian will travel to Fort Worth to take on Trinity Valley. The Hawks have looked impressive thus far, garnering wins against JP2, St. Mark's, and most recently, a 47-0 shellacking of Frisco Legacy. Sorry, Ryan. The powerful Hawk offense, averaging 46 points a game, is led by quarterback Dan O'Toole, wide receiver Michael Peterman, and the defense has been solid behind contributions from linebacker Noso Unini and safety JP Robert. Rapolo. Those are two very hard names to say back-to-back. On the other side, Trinity Valley has losses to bigger schools, Southwest Christian and Bishop Dunn, but they beat the brakes off of Taps D3 Power Pantigo. Class 25 quarterback Gavin Parkhurst Lords leads the Trojans and is a solid contributor to an elite sophomore quarterback class. This game is a hard one to pick, in my opinion, despite the huge spread. However, I'm going to have to go with Cistercian here. I really like Coach Burke and the way that, that team is put together. I think they're a very good team, and I think that they, they have the ability to beat Trinity Valley this week and give me Cistercian to win. Walker, are you going to side with the 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 Fort Worth side? I think I am. I, I'm I'm going to pick the I guess the upset in this game with Fort Worth Trinity Valley, and I mean I really really like Gavin Parker's man. Um, the 2025 quarterback is the real deal. Uh, and he just has had really good successful seasons the past two years and he's having another one good one this year. Um, so I really like him Carter Lee, the 24 athlete, uh, guys like that. I just, uh, Peppa Reagan, Hudson Jameson. I really like this team, man. And I mean, if you look at their schedule, right, they hung 21 on SES 53 on Pantico and scored 35 on Bishop Dunn, which is really, really impressive. So, I mean, I'm just going to go with uh, the Fort Worth school in this one, even though they're my rivals. But, like, I mean, you got to give credit where there's credit due. And I think TBS could upset one, especially when they're at home. Very interesting. Ryan, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, if if my brother didn't just go to Legacy this past week and tell me how good Dan O'Toole looked, I, I would be more leaning towards you know, maybe seeing Trinity Valley in this game, but my brother told me Dan O'Toole is like the main guy and like him and Michael Peterman like play super, super well together. So it's really, really hard for me to shine away from that. Um, he, he said that like, it just flows really well for that offense. And, uh, and I, I, I think legacy. So if I have to put this like up together, like I, I think legacy could give Trinity Valley a run for their money. So, with that logic, if Cistercian just beat the brakes off of Trinity Valley, I think I'd have to go Cistercian here. Uh, so I, I think Cistercian wins it. Uh, 16 and a half is a lot of freaking points, but uh, yeah, I, I think Cistercian wins it here. Um, and I think that's a, I think that's a good win for Cistercian. I want to see how they keep doing and Cistercian really could go four and oh, which uh, will be interesting. Uh, shoot, guys, I just remembered we can't do the spreads anymore because some people find them offensive. So we're going to have to take uh, spreads out of all of our content. <laughs> no, the spreads aren't going anywhere. We, lo- we um, love the spreads. 
Um, if you if you think this indicates gambling on high school football, you need to get your cranium check. We we use them as uh we use them as measuring sticks basically to see what computer projections predict that the games are gonna be. But yeah, to your point, I also like how you've used legacy now as just kind of a measuring stick to see where teams are. I think that's fantastic. I love just picking out teams like that throughout the year and just like using them as a big measuring stick to see, okay, well, if you beat him by this much, but they lost to you by this much, but then you lost to them on this day by this much, then you're gonna win. Yeah, see, I try to do that for the whole like Grace Prep Southwest Christian Oak Ridge thing, and then none of that. Oh, makes sense. oh, that'll that'll break your brain. But right. moving on, I said about three minutes ago that we would get to it, and here we are: Fort Bend Christian at Trinity Christian Addison. Fort Bend Christian, Fort Bend Christian is one and two. TCA is zero and three. The line is Fort Bend minus one and a half, and I think this one actually should be a really good game, despite the subpar records from both sides both teams are in similar spots the talent is certainly there but they have both had rocky starts to the season due to the quality of their previous opponents however something has to give here i mean some team has to win will fort bend's offense kick into gear behind dever warren gardoni domino and sellers or will mills shaw snyder and johnston get rolling for tca you know, call me what you want. A lot of people call say a lot of different things, but I haven't abandoned the Eagles quite yet. The talent's still there, and I trust that behind Coach Black, they will get it figured out. For the sake of my prick record, I hope they do. Give me Fort Bend Christian in a close one. I'm very curious to see what both of you say for this game. Walker, your thoughts? I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go TCA Addison in this one. I think Coach Hayes will get him ready to go. Um Aiden Mills looks the part, and I really like Luke Johnson, like I said. Uh, Luke Dory on the other side looks pretty good. Um, Chance Snyder is the real deal. I think that team is really good. and um, But, I mean, I think Fort Bend is going to come to play, and they're going to be ready to go, and they're going to compete really, really well with this. I think this is going to be a really high – I think this is going to be like a high-scoring just shootout, and I really am excited to see this game. Um and I think, Wes, one thing we have to mention is they lost the four, Fort Worth All Saints, right? They lost them by three. And we've said since the summer that it might be an All Saints Fort Bend matchup in the D2 semi state championship. So if they blow out TCA Addison, they look like the favorites maybe in the South. But if they lose badly or something like that to TCA Addison, they, this is the first game that kind of is like, all right, how do we compare teams in North and South, you know? People forget that the farther we get into the season, the easier um, picking games becomes because there's a lot more common opponents. It's very hard to do right now. And I think this Fort Bend TCA Addison game kind of accentuates that more than anything else. But Ryan, yet again, we are we are on both sides of the argument. Who are you going to side with? So I I was paying attention really closely to this ESD Great Five Faith this past weekend, and I just I really saw a lot out of the ESD defense that I, I know is very, very strong. And TCA Addison put 43 up on ESD's defense, which I think is very impressive. Now, they didn't score against Gunner, which I don't really care about. That that game, honestly, is just a game to toughen up them in all reality in my and, eyes. And Gunter went to the state championship yeah, last year like, in 3A. Like, or like 4A. That's, yeah, that's, that's just like toughening up your players type of thing, in my opinion. But four with all Saints, uh, you know, only putting up 10 against them. So I, I in all reality, it, it would say that you want you don't want to pick an 0-3 team, right? Like you don't want to. But 
my golly, this might be the best 0-3, 1-2 and matchup I think I've <laughs> ever seen in my entire life. Both these teams are so super talented. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I've said a lot about CC Addison, but I'm going to go with CC Addison. Uh, I, I think they win it here just based on the reality that like they're, they're a strong team. I know they have it there. Um, and Fort Ben is very, very uh, effective. And obviously that TC game was so close. Like that game literally could have gone to them no matter what the St. John's game was close, but I've just, I'm really impressed with 43 points against ESD's defense for some reason. I think that's very impressive. So, uh, and I'm high on ESD. So I, and I'm high on all saints as well. And so close games with both of those kind of puts me in a position to pick TC Addison here. You know, I'm confident in the Eagles. I, I think we will be recording a week from now, and I will be sitting here saying I'm glad I picked Fort Ben Christian. I'm just, for some reason, I have a very a very calm confidence about or, that. Or it could be the Sacred Harbor Shiner St. Paul over one, one over again. It, it could time. be, but I don't know if I was that, I was that confident about that. I, I knew a lot less. True. But... Moving forward, we are now going to preview Argyle Liberty at Grapevine Faith. Argyle Liberty is 2-1. Grapevine Faith is also 2-1. Liberty is a 9.5-point favorite moving into the contest. You know, both teams are solid. And we have Faith projected to finish or to win um, Division Two, District Two. Jacob Vaughn and Brady Janicek have both proven to be an elite duo for Liberty, while Faith has John Raybuck, Chase Cross, and Clayton Sebecki making solid contributions for them. <coughs> both teams have a common opponent on the young season, which is ESD. Faith lost the Eagles 23-7, and Liberty lost 20-17. At the end of the day, I'm going to have to ride with Liberty here. I severely underrated how talented they would be moving into the season, and I think they get it done in this spot walker your thoughts on argyle liberty at grapevine faith you know at at uh tap seven on seven argyle liberty came up to me and was kind of like yo why are you showing us love why you don't think we're gonna be like that this year and i was like well you know i haven't seen a lot from last year i want to see how y'all can do this year and then they went out remember west and seven on seven and they looked pretty dang good they did. and you know they talked the talk saying hey we're gonna be like that this year and then they mean they've showed it they beat president wood to start out the year Argyle Liberty only lost by three to ESD and then beat TCS Lubbock. So good two wins with a close loss. And I just, man, Jacob Vaughn looks good, man. Brady Janusek was a guy I knew who was going to be on the rise. Quentin Brown was going to be really good. So I'm going to go Liberty in this one, man. But I mean, Faith could keep it close. You never know. But Faith, the ESD beat Faith bad and the Liberty held him close. So therefore, I'm going to go with Liberty. Ryan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my gosh, I I'm high on Jacob Vaughn too, man. He's, he's throwing 906 passing yards already this year. Like he's, he's averaging uh crazy numbers, basically hasn't thrown under 250 yards, seven touchdowns, one, only one interception. I mean, the kid looks great. His number one wide receiver looks good too. Quentin Brown, like, and he's only a sophomore. This team is actually really, really young besides like Jacob Brown, a quarterback. Like I'm, I am just like, I think this team is like, is good. And a win against TCS Lubbock, who is a very, very strong D3 team. Uh, you, you only lost to the ESD by three. Like I just said, I'm high on ESD and a really, really good week one win against Preston Wood. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's too much for me not to take Liberty in this game. Uh, great fun faith uh, in all reality. 
you know, they'll do well this year, but uh, Liberty has proven too well. uh, They've started too well for me to go against them. One second. You know what, actually? One second. The last one of these didn't go to plan, so I don't know if I would if I, I would do this. I will mortal lock uh, Argyle Liberty in this one over uh, Grapevine Faith. This is what I, I believe in the Liberty Christian Warriors. Shout out my guy, Coach Roby. Um, I think Coach Wynn has this team in the right direction. I think they have they get get it done here over Grapevine Faith. Should it? Okay, should it, so should it, so hold on. I was should it mortal locks work like challenge flags? If you don't win the last one, you don't get one back. Like you know, no right. This is this is the game of the year. You could call this just the game of the year if you want to. You know, like this is just how it is. You know. So now we have triple picked against Grapevine Faith, and Walker has mortal locked Argyle Liberty. So I now have no doubt in my mind. Grapevine Faith is going to come out and win this game. We're going to get destroyed for it. There, we couldn't have amassed worse bad juju against us there is no amount of knocking on wood or anything that could reverse the juju we have placed against ourselves but we will see um yeah yeah no i'm now terrified for that game moving on preston wood at fort worth all saints preston wood is two and one fort worth all saints is also two and one fort worth all saints is favored by five and a half moving into the contest in a matchup between two of the better programs in the state, Division One Prestonwood will travel to Division Two Fort Worth All Saints to take on the Saints on Friday. McGuire Martin and the Lions offense seems to have gotten back on track, scoring 31 and 42 in their last two games after only putting up seven on Liberty Christian to open the season. All Saints also lost in an upset week one to Nolan and have since rattled off back-to-back wins against TCA and Holland Hall. I'm actually going to go against the spread here and take Preston Wood to win. I think the Lions have higher quality victories up to this point, and I really think they should be favored in this matchup. I think there's, you know, something to be exploited there. Walker, what are your thoughts on Preston Wood going to Fort Worth All Saints this Friday? You know, I really kind of like that pick of yours uh, of Preston Wood, but I'm going to go with Fort Worth All Saints in this one. I think that team is just so talented over, like, from top to bottom and I really like this Fort Worth All Saints team I think they finally kind of had that shell shock of week one against Nolan and kind of like rebounded from that and a big win over TCA Addison um so I I think they'll be okay I think they're on the right track to get back to where we thought they were going to be this year and I think Fort Worth All Saints gets the win over Prestonwood in this one interesting well Ryan you have another opportunity to split the tie yeah and I'm gonna take Prestonwood here Honestly, I just think that, you know, I am very high on all saints, but uh, it's been a little bit different this year for what I saw from McGuire Martin. McGuire Martin last year was the type of guy that from what I saw, I, I thought he was kind of like a, you know, more pass guy offense. And maybe that's just changed with the wide receivers he's had, but this, I mean, the last game against second, I mean, the game against second Baptist, not a little, um, the game against seventh Baptist, he had three rushing touchdowns for 96 yards. Uh, very, very good winning against little, um, little, Elm's a six, a UIL team. Uh, you, you, you really can't tell me that, uh, you know, that, that McGuire, you know, it isn't, isn't becoming the guy, uh, you know, that he, he's, he, he's become a quarterback. That's a leader. He's a senior this year. Uh, AJ Sibley has been really, really good last game against Lilum, 269 yards on 38 rushes, very much a rush team this year. you know, McGuire still had 218 yards last game, but I think this has become very much a rush offense. And, uh, I think that will do well against Fort Worth all saints. 
Yeah, no, I think that's good rationale. We will see come Friday how that turns out. Moving into our final game to preview for the week, that will be Cypress Christian versus Northland Christian. Cypress is one and two. Nolan is or Northland is three and oh. Sorry, I got Nolan on the brain. Cypress is a 28 and a half point favorite moving into the game. So in a match between D3 and D4 foes, Northland will travel to Cypress in an attempt to overthrow the reigning Division Three champions. I think Northland has talent this year, and I was very impressed by quarterback Stone Walker whenever we watched them in seven on seven. And I definitely think this game is going to be closer than the spread indicates. However, I think Cypress comes out on top in this one. You know, between Hogan and Landrum, I think that they just have the coaching and the talent to get this game done. Admittedly, the shutout against LSA makes me pretty nervous, but I still think they can come out and beat Northland on Friday. Walker, you know, we're very high on Stone Walker. We just gave him the Offensive Player of the Week. How do you think that him and Northland stack up against the Cypress team? Um... I think they're going to win this one. I Stone Walker actually called me out last week against when I when I we picked that. when I picked Victoria St. Joseph and I literally told him I'll get never go against Northland again now and I'm <laughs> not going to do that again. So, uh he's the real deal folks and you know Cypress looked beatable in their uh loss to John Cooper last week, right? And then lost to and then lost to Lutheran South. So, you, I'm excited to see how this is going to go for uh, Cypress Christian these next this week. Um, but I mean, hey, Northland looks really, really good with Stone Walker at the helm, and I'm excited to see them do it. So, hey, let's do it. Let's do it, Stone. Let's do it. Well, Ryan, for the final time this week, you're going to have to break the tie. Who are you siding with? Yeah, this line is atrocious, by the way. <laughs> there, there, there's no way that Cypress wins by 29, and not, not a chance. So, I, 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 that. I, I, yeah, you clip me, clip <laughs> me right now. If y'all beat them by 29, I, I, I will exit this podcast. Uh, I, 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 in all reality, I think that this game, Cypress has been on a, a downward track. Um, and the, 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 from what I saw in the Lutheran South game, uh, on the live stream, I just really was like not impressed with the Cypress team, which, you know, come out and prove me wrong, but I got Northland here. I got Stone Walker. That's an inc- super impressive. That's a great stat quarterback line. name. Great it's quarterback. One of the best oh, that's quarterback a, that's names. a great, great quarterback name, but that's an impressive stat line. Um, so I have Stone Walker here. I have Northland. Uh, and honestly, you know, if Cypress w- w- wins this game, that's impressive. But if they win this game by 29, just you, yeah, you proved me wrong. You proved me wrong, but I don't think that's going to happen. I got Northland here. I got Stone Walker. Uh, and I, I honestly think that I, I, I'm, I, it's sad to see the, the downfall I think that Cypress has had. And, I, and, and yeah, I think Northland well, takes over. Firstly, I want to say Ryan picking against Coach Hogan is a wild move. I never thought I'd see the day. Secondly, uh, they, um, they lost a lot in the senior class. Cody Andrews, the running back, Jackson Owen, the do it all. Uh, uh, Griffin Fist, the linebacker. Uh, many others that I'm just not on the top of my name. I can remember. They lost a lot of weapons on that senior class. So I mean, it's a rebuilding year for sure. And I mean, it's exciting to see what they can do from there, you know, and see how yeah. they do the rest of the season. 
Maybe I'm just uneducated, which I probably am. But I, I see the games like Landrum and stuff like that, and I, I, I immediately think that this team is what was still the same team, but it's not. I, I, I clearly don't know enough about Cyprus, so um, I'll stick to the camera. I, I'll stick to recording uh, Chris Hogan speeches instead of uh, talking about <laughs> Cyprus Christian football. I mean, I'll give you credit, uh, Ryan. I mean, that first week when they beat who was it? This the were first week of the season. Uh. Yeah, hold on. I got you real quick. It yeah, is it is Brazos by fifty four. Oh, right. They when shut, you saw that, shut them out. I was like, okay, maybe they're back to being how they thought, and I just maybe that was just a big win that I over a team that lost Levi Hancock and uh, you know Hayden Tillery and stuff like that that just oh. weren't as good as we thought they were going to be this year, and. Cyprus is just still on a rebuilding year. So, I mean, it's interesting to see. I mean, Maxwell Landrup will get his, but yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting to see how this team is going to do this year. Yeah, I think it will be, but I don't, I don't know. There's a lot up in the air. I think, you know, regardless, I wouldn't put, I think the lesson that we learn is you don't put too much stock in anything that happens in non-district. So many things are changing. So many parts are still variable that will become fixed once we hit like the middle of our district slate. It's just now is a time that teams are still figuring out their identity and everything is still very fluid and moving around. But, you know, we will see. I think it's going to be, it's going to lead the way for some electric district matchups. I'm incredibly excited to see how this non-conference slate kind of winds down. So I think it'll be very intriguing. Um, In honor of me actually getting to go to the Joji concert this Friday, Walker, what do you think is the better album between, uh, between his two studio releases, Ballads One or Nectar? For me, I think Ballads One, I think, hits more different for me but i really like nectar and i think it's really good i can't believe he's going on tour before his album comes out that's i know that is crazy you know i think the exact same way i think ballads one holds much more nostalgia for me but i think yeah dude i for a lot of reasons because that was like it was out right before senior year i think but that was came out it came out the night before I played Bishop Gorman, and it was senior yeah, there, year all on that rain, just driving oh, down the roads oh, with Joji. It's different, man. It um, hits so hard. But it, I want to yeah. say because Wes will be there. What? What's the concert? Friday, Saturday, Friday night. I will be at a private school game this week. Let's be Ooh. crazy! Whoa! Ooh. I will be for my other job. I will be actually at Parish Episcopal uh, against South Oak Cliff at Parish, and I'm excited to see how they do this here. Cause this will be the first time any of us will actually be able to go see parish live this year. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see if they're the real deal. So although I am slacking this week, Walker will, will pick that up and he will get to go see parish. I, I do have to push the Joji question a little further. We'll end on, we'll end on a light note. What, what's the best album or what's the best song off of ballads? One, you can't say slow dancing. Ah, <sighs> Ballads one. Let me let me let me go through it. We're gonna we're gonna you've we're got, gonna take you've you've got yeah right. You've got can't get <laughs> over you. Why am I still in L.A.? Um, see you in forty. Attention. I low key, I low key kind of like R.I.P. I kind of like R.I.P. with Trippy. It's not bad. It's not bad. That one. Oh, oh yes, yes. I I, you, see, I have, this is the Trippy that I know as well. But there we I, go. You know, I actually, I actually do know some Joji songs myself. So I'm, I actually, I, I never talked to y'all about it. How I know some of these different songs, but yeah, I got, 
I got a little thing. Uh, is this a test drive? Is that the one I know? Yeah. T- oh, test uh, drive is good. What what Joji songs do you know, Ryan? I'm curious. Uh, R.I.P. Obviously, I just slow dancing. Everybody knows slow dancing. Uh, I think it's. I can pull it up on my phone real quick, but yeah, um, yeah. It's I I, I have while a, you're I have looking a good at that, I, I think slow dancing in the dark might be the definition of a perfect song. I will go to my grave with that. It. Oh, Wes, yeah. I, I want a video of you crying to slow dancing <laughs> in the dark on Friday night, and I want a video of it, and we're going to post it on the Dude, next episode. The really, really, really sad thing about that is there is a there is a not 0% chance that that happens. There is the chance that that happens is not zero. Like, it might happen. Or like, like you do off the next album. One of oh, those... Bro. Yeah, like you do is gonna be really hard to get through. So is so is glimpse of us, even though I haven't had as much time with that. But yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hear slow dancing, and all of a sudden, a bunch of memories that I've tried to block out from fall of 2018 <laughs> are just gonna start coming back really quickly, and I'll be like, shoot. The first four songs on there on this playlist that I listen to are all you're gonna have to read that. Yeah, slow dancing in the dark. Yeah, right. Test drive, and then world star money interlude. Oh, oh I used yeah. to know how to play that on guitar. Such a good song. Uh, have you listened to that album in tongues, the blue one, Ryan? I have not. To, to be fair, I have just a couple of Joji songs here throughout that playlist, and so that's the ones I know the most. But yeah, one of my favorites has to be Test Drive. That's one of my favorite, and then obviously R.I.P. has Trippy on it, so I know that. All okay, right. Ryan. So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you some homework. Um, before we all record right. next, I want you okay. at some point, I want you to listen all the way through. Um, ballads one. Um nectar and um and um in tongues all all three his both of his lps and his ep yeah i, I think right. you i think you will enjoy it all right now I'll, listen I'll do listen it. i do i do have to warn you in tongues is is straight depression so it is. listen to it if you don't want to be put in a bad mood don't listen to in tongues you, but hey, it is it is depressing to listen you might to hey, you might have to tell your girl hey break up with me for like an <laughs> hour and like i'll get back to with you but like i need to be depressed It'll yeah, it'll we'll, make we'll see how that works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with with that being said, and with our nice six minute Joji segue, we will end the episode. So as always, I have been one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis and Walker Lot and Ryan Schroeder have excellently been your music critics for the episode. We will see you next week. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go!